Welcome back. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. You are with Lyle and Mon, positively different radio in the morning, and it is time for the quiz. Yes, indeed. Uh, We're still going with our What Creature Am I? It's so easy and no one's got it yet, so yeah, a little bit disappointed with y'all. But um, I think we're going to get super duper easy very shortly. Our next clue is this. Jesus told Peter that he would find money to pay their taxes inside one of these. And what might that be? If you know the answer, then you will... Have get a prize, prize coming your way. Yes, get the prize, guys. It is uh, Royalty and Ruin, a really great book uh, from the Conflict of the Ages series from E.G. White. So, yeah, give that a, give that a crack. And uh, give us a call by getting on your phone and dialing 1-800-324-843. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. <sighs> it's the morning. It's the breakfast show. I'm just having a stretch here. Never mind me. Yeah, yeah. Getting back into the show for the day. Bit tired this morning. Don't know why. Is it because you spent like all yesterday out in the hot, hot sun four-wheel driving? I did work hard yesterday. Moved a lot of rocks yesterday, as it turns out. Did a lot of rock packing. But like, oh, oh okay. So I was like, why would you be moving rocks with your car? Like, I guess yes. I don't know enough about forward driving. So rock packing is something that needs to be done? Rock packing is something that needs to be done when there is a hole that is too big to drive through. Oh, so you fill the hole and then you drive over the top rocks. of it. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it, got we it. Found, we packing. found one very, very large hole. And every rock within a million miles had been scavenged and scrounged and used and then ground back into sand. And so we had to go and find some really big ones. See, I hate to point out, before driving sounds less like fun and more like a chore. It sounds like, you know, like when your parents say, go weed the garden, it sounds like kids go fill the hole with a there bunch of rocks. There is nothing challenging about weeding a garden. You do not have a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> that is uh, uh, such a lie. When you have weeded a garden, it's just like, ugh. Actually, I don't mind weeding a garden, to be honest. Great. Come around any time and you can yeah, weed my garden. Uh, Actually, I think I, you have. I have. Yes, <laughs> Multiple <that's> right. times. <laughs> Helping us get ready for a rental inspection. Anyway, getting on with today's Bible study. And, of course, as we launch into today's Bible study, don't forget that if you're struggling with a weak signal, we have uh, some people who send some questions through every now and then. And they complain. They say, hey, our signal is not so strong. Well, there is an easy solution to that. You need to listen to the radio the way that everybody else is doing it these days on your phone or your mobile device. Simply download the TuneIn app, get the free version um, or any other radio app. Search for Faith FM Australia. Make it your favourite and away you go. Just run it through your Bluetooth, through your speaker system, through your aux cord, uh, whatever it might be, and you are up and running. Or you can go to faithfm.com.au and press play. And I think we also need to remind our audience, Lyle, that you and I are heading off to Africa. So we've actually spent some time since last year fundraising. Our listeners have been calling in and donating. Thank you very much. Thank you so much um, to the Kenya Health uh, Mission Mission organization. It's a wonderful charity, and we are on the cusp of kicking it off. So, we've been promising that we, when we get to Africa, we're sending back African content, giving you updates about how things are going. And we are about to embark. I actually fly out tomorrow. So, I'll be doing the show tomorrow morning, and after that, heading to the airport, basically. And, uh, and then Lyle will be joining me uh, several weeks later in Ethiopia, where we're both going to be preaching campaigns. Very scary stuff. Well, you're going to be preaching a whole campaign, I'm going to be preaching half a campaign. <laughs> Doubling up with somebody else, but sounds yes. like a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. And uh, yes, please keep us in prayer and keep Mon in prayer as she heads off tomorrow. Yes, please. After the show. Yeah, it's crazy to think that by the end of this week, you guys might be hearing me in 
Kenya. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. So let's jump into our 20 million movement, our Bible study section, our encounter with God. Lyle, we've been going through the seven churches that are listed in the beginning of the book of Revelation. Did we finish off the seventh church last No, week? we didn't. We hardly even got started into it. Yeah, that's right. We're discussing it with uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, saying his name correctly. And uh, yeah, it was a really great study. We got a little bit distracted, I think. We did indeed, but it was worth getting extracted. It was, it, it was. Distracted. Because this is a church that's about us, isn't it? That's right. And yeah. we were in verse 15. Uh, let's read verse 15. Verse 15 says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Okay, so here's an interesting question. What does it mean to be hot? And it doesn't mean to be good looking <laughs> in this context, just in case you're wondering. To be hot temperate was. Like, you know, your temperature is through the roof, you're hot. Like as in what it will be at kind of, you know, 2 o'clock today? Yeah. No, that's not what it means here. It doesn't? Uh, no, it does not what it means. Uh, if it's not being attractive, this it doesn't is, mean temperature. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Is it a third meaning for hot? Spiritually. Oh, spiritually hot. What does it mean to be spiritually hot? Like when people say like you're on fire for God. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so if you are a hot Christian, you are on fire for God. Okay. Okay, so that's that's definitely a desirable condition to be in, right? Yes, very much so. And wouldn't you say that it is better to be closer to that than further away from it? You would think the hotter the better, right? Yeah. And anything on that scale. And there's a scale. There's a scale, yeah, right? Yeah, so there's yeah. a spectrum. Yeah. And so as long as you're on the spectrum, then that's you better could. than being off the spectrum. Absolutely. Better than being cold. You would think so. You would. But the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't. <laughs> the Bible says, I would rather that you were either hot, that's obvious, or cold, rather than somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. That's strange, because you think you'd rather have someone like you a little bit than not like you at all. Okay, so here's how to understand this one, Mon. You've been to cold camp. I have been to cold camp. How many times have you been to cold camp? I think maybe two or three times. Did you swim? I did not swim. Why would I swim? That's crazy. You slacker. What? I can't believe you didn't swim. Okay, for those of you who are listening in and are wondering, what on earth are these guys talking about? Cold Camp was an annual event that ran for 14 years uh, by a number of churches in Sydney. It took place in the Blue Mountains in July. In the middle of winter. Our record record overnight low was minus eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the edges of the creek were freezing. Um, everybody's, you know, water bottles and everything was that got left out was freezing. It was quite, it was quite cold. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think I went to all fourteen of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of taken over by um, Victoria High Country Camp there for about three or four years. Okay. Um, before I think it's probably faded away now, but uh, fantastic camping and uh, just good family time, um, good fun. Get out I there, always had a great and, time. yeah, just the best. But there was always there was always a challenge. There was always yeah. the Sunday morning challenge to go and jump in the river. Yeah, that's right. You never did that. I think one time I got my stuff ready, like I got into my bathers, but then I chickened out. Like I went down and I had a look and went nah. And then I think another time I I heard murmurs that they were going to chuck me in, and so on Sunday morning. Just before, like, the whole, like, hey, boys, let's do this. I went and locked myself in the toilet and they couldn't find me. I could hear them looking for me and I just stayed, stayed hidden. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I never knew that. Yeah, I'm This is the good first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> okay, so we always used to have a, uh, a few brave souls who would take the challenge and go for a dip on Sunday morning. 
um, at Cold Camp. Okay, so at Cold Camp, here's something that happened every year without fail. Mm-hmm. There would be some people who would not get a good night's sleep. Do you know why they didn't get a good night's sleep? Why is that? Because they were too cold. Yeah, well, that makes sense. It is Cold Camp. That's right. And they didn't figure out that you need to dress warmly enough. They would turn up to Cold Camp and bring pyjamas. Can you believe that? Uh, you're not supposed to bring pyjamas? Not to Cold Camp. What do you bring to your Snow pants. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. I put my snow pants on. I put my two layers of thick woolen socks on. Mm-hmm. I'd put my um, thick coat on, my beanie, my gloves, and then I would climb into my sleeping bag yeah. and sleep very, very soundly. Uh-huh. I remember doing the same. I slept in a sway, actually, but I think I had to put on like about 10 layers. Yes. And then like, I was so many layers you couldn't move. You had to be able to sit nowhere near the campfire mm-hmm. still and be quite warm That's before it. you could go to bed if you're going to get a good night's sleep. And some people would turn up, put their PJs on, climb into their sleeping bag and think that that was going to work. It's no. never going to work. Not going to happen. Particularly when you bought your sleeping bag from... Kmart. Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kmart. I was about to say Aldi. About <laughs> <laughs> the same thing, really. <laughs> That's right. Those are that is summer sleeping. Okay, so uh, and then uh, Mon, let me think. Uh, last night, night before, how well did you sleep? Oh, I, I slept like a log. Oh, really? Yeah, because you prepped me. You were like, bring, bring, like, yeah, bring your ski pants. No, 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 no. Oh, this last yeah, night. Yeah, the last oh, couple no, of nights. Oh no, it was horrible. Yeah, very bad. And wh- why didn't you not sleep? It's too hot. Yeah, okay. All right, now think about this. There is a parable in the Bible about ten virgins. It's a parable about the same church that we're dealing with right here. It's an end-time prophecy. And what are they all doing? Sleeping. And is that a positive thing or a negative thing in the context of Christianity to be a sleeping Christian? Negative. It's a negative thing. And if you want to sleep, what do you have to be? Cold. Not too cold. Not too uh, hot. You have to be lukewarm. lukewarm. Gotcha. Uh huh. All right. So we're going to talk about why this is so in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Mon. Yes. What are you making? Oh, so since I've moved house just last week, I've packed up all my crochet. Um, so I'm just doing some some hand sewing. So I'm just stitching. I'm actually making a belt. Oh, okay. yeah, a belt this for is my. Like this is not the usual mon thing. Yeah, this is needle and thread. Yeah, and needle I'm just and thread. Very old used school. Used to seeing like hooks yeah, and I'm, stuff. I'm, I regret packing up all my crochet, all my yarn, and my hooks. But um, I, I bought a dressing gown. The dressing gown doesn't have a belt, so I'm making a, a cloth belt along with some loops to sew to the sides of the of the gown, so you can have something to go through. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, very practical. All right, so getting back to this whole concept of being lukewarm, um, of course, to be able to go to sleep, you need to be lukewarm. Yeah, because you can't sleep if it's hot and you can't sleep if it's cold. All right, now, did you ever, did you, you never got cold at cold camp during the night and went no. and sat by the fire? Okay, so there was no. always some guys that would take their PJs, climb into their um, Kmart sleeping bag and Freeze. shiver for mm. a number of hours, give up on that. They would then wriggle out of their tent and hop in their sleeping bag across and plonk 
in their camp chair by the fire and spend the rest of the night chatting with everybody else by the fire. I do remember waking up every single cold camp morning and there'd always be a couple of those sitting by the campfire. There was always a couple of them sitting by the campfire and they would go for two days without sleep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which made for an interesting day on Sunday. (laughs) We'd all go full driving on Sunday and some of them would be like like zonked out in the back seat. (laughs) Okay, so you need to be lukewarm to be able to go to sleep, but when you are cold... Mm. Fire attracts you. That's true. When you're a lukewarm, it does not attract you. Not at all. Okay, so God wants you to be hot. He wants to be on fire for you. And he would rather that you were ice cold because people who are ice cold are people who are more likely to feel their need than people who are lukewarm. Wow. That's okay. profound. Absol- now, you think about it. You've been a Bible worker. You go out in the community and mm-hmm. you go door knocking. How many lukewarm people do you get to study the Bible with? Yeah, none. No, they're either ice cold or blazing hot, one of yeah. the two. Yeah, that's right. Because people who are lukewarm would think they're fine. That's right. Yeah. Yep. They feel like okay, so true. this is why God says, I would rather that you were either cold or hot, but definitely not lukewarm. And sadly, the majority of our population today is lukewarm. And, of course, this is not talking about our general population. This is talking about our Christian population. Very interesting, Lyle. Because, I mean, last week when we were talking with Sven and Sven and Bennett, we were talking about, like, the example of orange juice. Yes. Or any sort of a drink. Come in. Let me share with you a nice, warm, room cup. temperature <laughs> cup of orange juice. Let's just discussing. Yeah, you, <laughs> you want your drinks to either be like a hot drink or a cold drink. Hot drink and cold drink. Yeah. No, Nothing no in between. Yeah. Because he says he'll spew you out. And that's kind of what you want to do with lukewarm OJ. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It kind of gets that, uh, that, that, that acidic kind of taste when it's lukewarm just makes it taste fermented somehow. Now, I do want to ask you a question about this Laodicean church. So we're looking at like the last of the seven churches here in Revelation. And uh, and like you know, one thing we hear about this Laodicean church, this is a church about us, that's about us. This is a church that's about us. How do we know that this is a church that's about us? How do we how do we know that we're Laodicea now in this time frame and we're not like Thyatira or Sardis? Uh, very simply, you ask yourself the question, is Jesus coming back soon? Yes. How do we know he's coming back soon? Because he said so. And because of Matthew 24, the signs of the times. Signs of the times. Matthew 24 is a great place to go, but there are many of them through the Bible. In, okay. in Matthew 24 is the best place to go for those signs of the times. Okay, so we know Jesus is coming back soon. We know this is the last church. Therefore, we know we are part of this church. Okay. Because okay. this is the church that lives while Jesus is coming back soon. Another way we can know it is simply by reading verse 17 and asking, does this in any way fit us? 17 says, you say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Thank you. So our culture, our world right now has more things than our world has ever had before. Oh, it's true. Consumerism for the roof. We are the wealthiest culture that has ever existed on planet Earth. I agree. And we are also... Uh, the most lukewarm, you know, verse 16, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. So the more things that we have, the less spiritually on fire we are. That's interesting. It is. A, you can almost put it on a, uh, you know, on a graduated scale. Mm-hmm. And the more things that a person has, the less spiritual they are. Now, of course, there are some you know, massive exceptions to that. You know, people like Joseph of Arimathea, richest man in Jerusalem, who was a devout disciple of Jesus Christ. 
But as a general rule, this is not the case. As a general rule, uh, you go into wealthy suburbs and they become very, very difficult to reach for Jesus Christ. Is that what it means when it says in the Bible that um, when it talks about how hard it is for a rich man to get into heaven? You know, the camel, the needle thing? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's uh, that summarizes what Jesus is talking about there. And Jesus looked down through history and he knew that our generation would be richer than uh, any generation before it. And so, yeah, he, he talked about how hard it is for a rich man to get into heaven. It was a warning for us. Because we don't feel our need for rich. No, we don't. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so what does God counsel us to buy? He, has, he told us to buy stuff? Yeah. We've got okay. money. We've got the money to spend. So spend it on something worthwhile. Okay, okay. So verse 18. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. So basically we've been told to go out and buy some jewelry, clothes and beauty products. Yeah, pretty much. I can handle that. Not really into jewelry, but I'll definitely do the clothes. <laughs> I'll buy some ointments for sure. All right, but let's work through the beauty products, jewelry, clothing, clothing, and beauty products that God wants you to buy. Okay, let's do it. Uh, what's the first thing that He wants you to buy? Gold, but not just any gold. Gold that has been purified by fire. Okay, gold with many carrots in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super carrots. I wondered why they put carrots in gold. You know, <laughs> I like carrots. Yeah, they're yummy. They're good for your teeth. This is the worst dad joke you've ever made on the radio, Lyle. Ever seen a blind rabbit? Actually, here in Australia, we see them all the time. But yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, they're supposed to be good for your eyes as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so um, the Bible says to get really, really high quality gold. Yes. What else? Uh, it says to buy uh, garments, but not just any garments, white garments from me, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. All right. We've talked about this before. What is white a symbol of? Uh, in the Bible, purity. Whose purity? Uh, Jesus' purity. Jesus' purity. So what are we purchasing here? Uh, white garments. So I guess, oh, is this like a way of us purchasing Jesus' purity? The righteousness of Christ. How can we purchase Jesus' purity? Though? Like, What's the price there? Everything. Okay. <laughs> Jesus says, if you, 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 um, you know, sell what you have, take up your cross, and follow me. It's an entire surrender of everything that you have. We need to be prepared to walk away from absolutely everything, to give it all to God. But it's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ten times over worth it. The greatest investment that you'll ever make. Okay, and then the other thing that we're told to buy is ointment for your eyes so that you'll be able to see. Right. Okay, so let's think about um, why do they need ointment for their eyes? I guess they're blind if it means they'll be able to see if they use it. But they they don't even know they're blind. So surely they can see, but is there something in particular that they can't see? Oh, gotcha, yeah. Maybe they're blind to something as opposed to yes. just blind all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are self-deceived. Gotcha. Okay. So like okay. blind to the truth, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So gold refined in the fire is character. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible speaks about that in a number of places, you know, purifying um, the sons of Levi that talks about 
the, the, the Bible talks about, we, you know, as gold tried in the fire, mm-hmm. um, getting rid of all of the dross, so character, um, white clothing, the righteousness of Christ, and of course, then eye salve, so that your eye ointment, ointment for your eyes, so that you can actually see your true spiritual condition, because you are a long, we are a long way from God, and we need to come back to God. I, we do not realize how far from God we actually are in our wealthy Western society. Is this what it means? Like you know, when you have that experience where you come to Jesus and suddenly, like you thought you were pretty good, but the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize just how horrible you are in comparison and how much you need Him. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. And so, if you're thinking, you know, if you're feeling pretty good about yourself, that's actually a dangerous position, and it's one of those positions that um, men are more prone to than women. Oh. Yeah, bit of a gender gap there. We'll talk about that more right after Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What.
Welcome back, guys. That was Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What. And then you have to explain this to me, Mon. Yeah. It says feet. Fart Millard in brackets. Oh, f- <laughs> what what has what explain to me <laughs> what can- Bart Millard's feet have to do with this song? I would say that it was a typo, and it's not supposed to say feet, but as as in like F E A T full stop, meaning abbreviation for the word featured featuring. So it's a song featuring a particular singer or musician. Uh, well, then they should write featuring Bart Miller, <laughs> not feet, because... <laughs> You're confused, are you? I'm so confused. I'm like, what? <laughs> Bart Miller's foot? What's that got to do with it? So either someone's feet or someone's done some sort of amazing feet. <laughs> so Bart oh, Miller wow. did an amazing feat here on this particular piece of music by yeah. his contribution, which is... So many nice. dad jokes coming out of you this morning, Lyle. Learning must something be new because I'm day. tired. When you get tired, you do you say silly things, and that's true kind of story. how it goes. It's true. Well, I think maybe for you, it's an ongoing situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, First Peter one and verse seven, please, Mon, if you could read that one for us. Please. First Peter. First Peter one and verse seven. One and verse seven says, "These trials will show that your faith faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold." Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Okay. No, sorry. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So really, we should rejoice when our faith is tested. We should. Yep. Paul did. Silas did. You remember that story? Yeah, yeah. They were beaten and bashed black and blue. They were thrown into prison. They were locked in the stocks. They didn't know whether they would be alive again the next day or not. And they were singing. They were rejoicing. They were indeed. Okay, so the Bible says that we need to have that kind of faith and it likens it to gold tried in the fire. So faith, character of faith, a a faith-based character and uh, the righteousness of Christ and Ointment for our eyes so that we can see our true spiritual condition. This is Jesus' counsel to us. Notice that Jesus' counsel is not, ah, just leave this church, go back and join Philadelphia. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. Absolutely. Very, very true. All right, let's continue on with uh, Revelation chapter 3. Oh, we got, we got to do our quiz, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we've got to do it, man. We are so out of it. We need the air conditioning. And I, think that, I think it's the stuffy air in here. Both of us it's are like. on this morning. Yeah. Maybe it's broken. Do you know what? I was at a I was at a supermarket yesterday. I was at a Woolies, and the air conditioning in the supermarket had busted. <laughs> it was so hot. Like, get this. I, t- I put a pit, I put a video of this on my Insta story. But you know how usually when you go to the supermarket, all the coconut oil is solidified. Uh-huh. The entire shelf of coconut oil was all liquid. Uh, okay. Now, what about the frozen aisle and the refrigerated aisle? Were those still working? They were still working. Yeah, yeah. So was everybody sort but, of hanging what, out there like? Yeah. <sighs> What they had done is they'd pulled over, um, pulled down many of these sort of like shades in front of all the refrigerated items so that the, um, the, especially the open ones, we could just reach in and grab a drink. They'd sort of pull down shutters so that you had to sort of reach around them to sort of contain the, uh, the cold and keep the heat out. I didn't out. even know so, they had those kind of shutters. Yeah, neither did I. It turns out they do. They just pull them down from the top. Yeah. So they hadn't lost electricity. Uh, no, it must have just been the aircon. So they have this as a backup. So if the aircon goes down, pull those shutters down, uh-huh. and we'll keep it. We we can we can keep, s- keep our products keep cold for a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah, but the other shelf stuff had no chance. 
<laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never been in a supermarket where the aircon's gone. It down. was it really was oppressive. I tell you what, and I couldn't believe the entire shelf of liquefied coconut oil. How were the customers that responding? Stuff takes, I, yeah, I don't Just know. Like eh, nothing. Yeah, I guess so. When you go to get your groceries, you go to get your groceries, right? Yeah, right? But I was just astounded because coconut oil takes like hours to to liquidify, so it must have been happening all day by the time I got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not pleasant. Anyway, third, fourth, where we got to one, two, three, fourth clue for our what creature am I quiz? Before Peter, James, and John became Jesus' disciples, their full time occupation. Was to catch me. Uh-huh. Mm, what creature were the disciples catching before they met Jesus? Give us a call if you know the answer. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. You can win yourself a copy of the book Royalty and Ruin. Really great book. Absolutely. And, of course, if you want to text that through, our text number is 0491-064-669. Checking our messages. Has anybody sent through a message yet? I don't see anything yet. Producer doesn't see anything yet. Ah, well, prize is still there. It's a good what prize today. What used to catch? I've been reading it in the in the ad breaks and while I'm sewing it. It's a really good book. Yeah, it is awesome. Okay, so we are uh, right here in the book of Revelation. Mon, would you like to read for us verse 19, please? Yes, first time, the, the, verse 19. Hang on, wait. I'm in first Peter. So, Revelation. Three. Chapter 3 and verse 19 yes. says, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Okay, this is, this is, this is uh, Jesus comes through with some rather harsh words here. You know, you mm-hmm. are uh, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. It's pretty descriptive. Yep. Not a great description. And he says, as many as I love, I do what? Uh, well, he corrects them. He corrects them. Basically, yeah. And this is really the sign of a a good and a responsible leader. Yeah. Ruler, king, God, whatever you want to call it. He disciplines us not because he is angry with us, but because he loves us. And that's really important to keep in mind is just how much God loves us and how much he cares for us and how much he wants to... Um, you know, to just truly be a blessing to us. And if you truly love somebody that you were in charge of, then discipline is a part of that love. It's true because if you imagine having a leader who never imposed any laws or any corrections, correction facilities, or any sort of punishments for those laws, you'd just have you'd have a society that people were petrified of living in. Yeah, yeah, you would indeed. Okay, so, and of course, this is a, there's, a, there's an important side lesson here for parents. Mm-hmm. You know, because I find some parents that, you know, they just don't believe in discipline, that, you know, children should be let to run free. Mm-hmm. That's not freedom. Children have rights, and they have a right to be protected by their parents and to have parents who will take care of them and, um, and care for them. And if you do not discipline your children, then you are not protecting your children. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, verse 20, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've quoted this one so many times before. We're going to talk about it again. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Okay. (coughs) Starting to lose your voice there, Mom. What just happened? Did you get a a, a crumb (coughs) on your um, I think I just got excited because the air conditioning finally got turned on in our office. (laughs) Yes, we heard that familiar roar start to come through the top of the ceiling. 
And uh, now maybe we'll start to wake up just as the program is finishing. But yeah. the Bible says <laughs> that Jesus is standing where? At the door. So why isn't he just opening it? Does he have uh, the power to just open it? I mean, he does, but that would be kind of breaking and entering. It would be, and that wouldn't be a great idea, would it? No, 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 no. no. Not at all. Because Jesus is a gentleman, essentially. Yes, he yeah. is. And so he's never, ever, in fact, there's a famous painting of this particular door, and on the outside of this door, there's no door handle. Oh, really? Yeah, very famous painting. I think it might be a Harry Anderson one, I'm not sure. Okay. No door handle on the outside. Ah, so Jesus is knocking, open. people on the inside listening, like, ooh, we're going to let him in, what are we going to do? Because you can only open it from the inside, gotcha. Only yeah. open it from the inside. Jesus will never force his way into your life. He gives you 100% religious liberty and religious freedom to yeah. choose to serve him or choose not to serve him. That's a very clever aspect for the artist to have picked up an illustrator that the the heart of the door, the door of the heart, can only ever be open from the from the inside. Nothing can ever force its way in. It has to be invited right. in. And if he does come in, of course, he wants to eat with you. Uh, that means he wants to have a relationship.
to Faith FM, positively different radio. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real, and real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's Oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it the care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Savior's praise awake across the globe Welcome back, guys. That was Rob Smith and Nikki Chiswell across the streets here on Faith FM. <coughs> and we have come to question of the day, and today's question of the day is on hold while I do the last clue. But it's a very quiz. significant it question. Is, it is a good question. It is a good question. Let me do the last quiz for uh, clue. Qu- uh, man, I could not get this right this morning. <laughs> it's like Monday, or it's like rolled into several Mondays in one, even though it's <laughs> Tuesday. Okay, so yes. last clue for today's quiz what creature am i jonah was swallowed up by a large one of these creatures okay so what that that mm, creature creatures be? that live in the sea in the ocean give us a call 1-800 swim around and swim around yes things that have scales sometimes they don't have scales but yeah by the way lyle yes because you know we work on radio we have like radio perks one of them is being shout outs to our friends i just wanted to say good morning to michaela who is listening here in Newcastle out in Weston. So Michaela is eight yeah. years old. Big shout out to Michaela. Oh, eight years old. Yes, yeah, eight year old Lister. Good on her. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be hanging out with her today. We're probably going to. Well, maybe she knows the answer to this quiz. Maybe she can call it through. Yeah, maybe she can. Michaela, if you know what animal lives in the sea, give and us a call 1 800 Faith FM. Michaela, it's the animal that penguins like to eat on Paw Patrol. Remember what they feed the penguins? That's the answer. Give me a call. Okay, Lyle. Time for our question of the day. The question is very simple. It's one that has been asked by millions of people down through time. Even one of them has been recorded in the Bible asking this question. Mm -hmm. What must I do to be saved? Okay, so I'm going to make this quite simple. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So your first step What must I do to be saved is to recognize that you are a sinner. The second thing the Bible says is that the wages of sin is death. So recognize that you are a sinner condemned to death. Now, the reason for that is really very simple. God wants to eradicate sin from the universe because it is the worst kind of disease and it brings all disease, pain and suffering that exists in the world um, is a direct result of sin. So the Bible says that All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. Um, The Bible then says that we are all condemned to death. Okay, so we need a solution for that. We go over to 1 John. How do we deal with that problem? 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so the Bible is very, very clear here that God condemns us, that, that God cleanses us, I should say, not condemns us, He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So if you are a sinner condemned to death and that sin is washed away, you are now no longer condemned. As the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, step one, admit you're a sinner. Step two, realize that you're condemned to death. Step three, ask forgiveness for your sins. Step four, Romans chapter six, and this is the last step to receiving salvation. Romans chapter six, and let me just flick over here very quickly. Romans chapter six, and we're going to read down here in verse 16. Know you not that to whom you yield or surrender yourselves to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death 
or of obedience unto righteousness. The third step is to surrender, yield your life to Jesus Christ. In other words, you go to Jesus and say, I give my whole life totally to you. And that's all there is involved in receiving salvation. Now, receiving salvation is just the beginning of a journey. It's not something you just do once and then move on and forget about it. No, 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 not at all. This is the beginning of a journey with Jesus Christ. But it's very simple. Admit that you're a sinner. Realize that you are condemned to death. Ask forgiveness and receive forgiveness for your sins and give your life to Jesus. It is that simple. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, let me read this one for you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, it gives the, uh, the probably... Uh, One of the the, the greatest uh, passages on this, the Bible says in verse 8, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Bible says we are saved by grace alone, it is God's free gift to us. Amen. Thank you, Lyle. If you have a question, give us a call. The number here, of course, is always the same. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text us through any social media platform. We will answer your questions live on air. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the
beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name. Yes, it's finally happened, listeners. Mon is here at the desk. Lyle stepped out. We're back on air and he's not back in the studio. I'm by here by myself. This is the greatest moment of my radio career. No, I'm kidding. I can't wait to pay him out. I don't know what he's doing. I know the last time I did it, I was eating mango. So maybe he's eating like porridge or something. (laughs) Anyway, we're at the end of the show. And since Lyle's not here, I don't know what he's doing. I'm going to be giving away some free stuff all by my onesie. We have some wonderful prizes to give away today. In fact, they're so good, I'm going to give away two just in different languages. Mm. Now, the question today, of course, was what must I do to be saved? And Lyle answered it really well. And we actually have a really great book that it's not a huge book. It's just a small book. And it really sums up and expands at the same time on how to, uh, you know, the, the salvation process. It's a wonderful book called Steps to Christ. Lyle's just sneaking back into the studio behind me. Too what do you mean? I've been here the whole time. I, nah, nah. That was an outrageous lie. And everyone knows it because I told them what you were doing in that you were not here. And <laughs> <laughs> they're all on to you now, Lyle. Anyway. Yes, well, there was important things that needed to take place. More important than your job on air? More important. On live radio? Believe me, it was more anyway, important anyway, than my anyway, job anyway. We've got like 40 seconds left. I've got to tell them what they're giving away. So I've got two copies. It's a book called Steps Ooh, to Christ, nice. yes. How to Know Him Better. Steps to All Christ. classic. Steps to Christ, How to Know Him Better. I have two copies, one in English and one in Spanish, El Camino a Cristo. So if you would like to get either of these copies, you can have this two, so one for each person. So two people can call up now. Be the first two people to call through. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. Congratulations to Marilyn, I think her name is, or Meryl Eve, uh, who won our quiz this morning. Of course, the answer was fish. She is from Jordan in Victoria, and she has won herself the copy of Royalty and Ruin. Stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. If you want to get some Bible studies or know some more about the Bible, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Have a blessed day. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Let's go down, let's go down, come on down Oh brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray As I went down in the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown
the way Oh fathers let's go down Let's go down Come on down Oh fathers let's go down Down in the river to pray As I went down in the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the robe and crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh mothers, let's go down Come on now, don't you wanna go down? Come on mothers, let's go down Down in the river to pray As I went down in the river to pray Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sinners, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, sinners, let's go down Let's go down 